Thank you, Tracy. And of course, we are now back with Encounter with God. But before we get to Encounter with God, has nobody answered the clue for the quiz yet? Not yet. I think it's Friday and all our brains are a little bit like a Friday mode. (laughs) Mine is totally (laughs) jellified today. Okay, so the next clue on this Who Am I quiz. I think this is so obvious. This is someone who's like trying to kill off the Lord's prophets. They were in idolatry and witchcraft. The Lord prophesied that dogs were going to eat this person. They did their hair outside and fixed their the city of the wall that sounds like window. their name. Yes, yeah, right. That's right. This is uh, another super obvious clue. Wicked King Ahab is my husband. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So who who was the wife of Ahab, whose name is not Jezreel but sounds something like that? Jezreel was the name of a boy. Oh, but what was the wall of Jezreel? Uh, the name of a city. Oh, okay, so Jezreel. Was oh, there was a boy who was named after the city. Oh, you know, okay. name, you know, kids, you know, Sydney or or um, Dallas. Or yeah, yeah. So wicked King, wicked King Ahab is my husband. If you know who the wife of King Ahab is, give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. Mm, she was a nasty piece of work, somebody who um, killed... Um, Hundreds of prophets, no doubt. Naboth. Just oh. so that she could get her sticky fingers on his vineyard. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Mm. Yeah, she was an awful, awful person. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, when I was doing practice. She had a daughter by the name of Athaliah, who was every bit as bad. Yeah, and I, I was really sad because I like the name Athaliah. And then mm-hmm. I remember having it on my list of maybe one day I'll name my daughter Athaliah, but then I read about Athaliah and I thought, nah. <laughs> but it's funny because when I was practicing about 10 years ago, I actually had someone in my class, a little girl, whose name was the same name as the person. It's actually a really yeah. pretty name. It is a really nice name. But it's one of those names like Hitler. Yeah, yeah, you can never use it again. It's just like it's done. Yeah, it's, it's done. over. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. There it is. You've got to give us a call now because that's an easy one. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 041, sorry, 0491-064-669. Our Bible study, Damon, is from where? Yeah, we are going through the book of Acts. We have our new study guides. We've just started them. And uh, our study guide will be for the month of July, August, and September. And we will be going through the book of Acts in detail this time, during this time. You, of course, can uh, join in, um, not only just by listening on the radio every morning, but you can get a copy uh, of this study guide yourself. And, uh, and you can join in with 20 million other people around the world who all have a same, the same copy uh, of this book and, uh, and are doing this day by day. So each day, each page um, has a particular day with a date at the top and uh, it'll guide you through the book of Acts. So it's a wonderful study. Um, and they're just, they're very cheap to purchase, not much, like $3.50 to get one. So, hmm, yeah. Very good. Okay, so let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. And Mon, if you could read that one for us, please. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Okay, why do you think it pierced their hearts so much when they heard this sermon? Because it was pretty sharp. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in these shoes. Let's say the triumphal entry takes place. You're the average Jew living in Jerusalem, or Jewess, I should say. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Um, getting ready for the festival thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's the triumphal entry happening and the whole of Jerusalem was a part of that. So what are you doing? What, are, what kind of things are you saying? What are you involved in, etc.? I'm probably watching and gossiping. 
Yeah, the average Jew, they were all out there. The yeah. whole city turned the, out to yeah, welcome Jesus. Sure. Okay, so if you're the average Jew, you were calling Hosanna to the son of David, mm-hmm. you know, and, and laying waving down palm, the palms. Waving, waving your palm branches, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Taking okay, self. Now you're the average Jew a few days later at Jesus' trial. What are you calling for? Uh, calling for his death. Crucify him, yeah. crucify him. I think I think there's a bit of flip-flopping happening here yeah. isn't there? And I think the moment when Peter delivered his sermon I'd probably have a moment of self-realization at what I'd done and how horrible I was. And how much of a flip-flopper you were. Yeah, and total how you, turncoat. Ha- how you were uh, affected by the crowd and how mm-hmm. that you've just, you know... Been you swept know, along. And swept not, along yeah, and not, mm-hmm. not actually using your brain, not yeah, engaging. Yeah, what I believed in. Yep. yep, all that kind of thing. And so you can see here that, you know, the majority of these people here um, would have been, you know, obviously you know, there a few a few weeks later and there would have been many of them that would have been calling out, crucify him, crucify him. It is no wonder that they were pierced, as the Bible mm. says, in their hearts. I think it's one of the worst feelings to suddenly realize that you've done something that you know that you usually wouldn't do, but you did it because you got swept along with the crowd and you just went with the mainstream and, you know, bent to peer pressure. Yeah. When you know that's not really something that you agree with or, or would you to do if you were by yourself? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the moment of regret. Yes, absolutely, indeed. And, uh, of course, this is what is happening. And so they ask Peter a most important question, one of the greatest questions that can ever be asked. And, uh, Mon, if you could read for it, read that for us in chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. They actually ask the question, question at the end was, of the verse yeah. 37. What is the question they ask? Brothers, what should we do? And this is the answer that Peter gives. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a very simple answer, isn't it? This is not a deep theological answer, is it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, Peter hasn't started to preach for like one of Paul's mind-bending sermons right here. He has given a simple answer to a simple question. What two things does Peter tell us to do in this answer? Well, he tells us to uh, repent of our sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Three things. Yeah. Repent, turn to God, be baptized. Mm -hmm. So let's work our way through these first of all. What does it mean to repent? To have a change of heart, to have a change of mind about Mm -hmm. what you've done, to be sorry for what you've done. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's probably the key word there is the word sorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, repentance is sorrow. You are sorry for what you did. Um, you feel bad about it. And God accepts people's sorrow. Mm. He accepts when it comes from the heart, that mm-hmm. is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Paul also talks about repentance unto death. Oh, what's that? Uh, repentance unto death. We'll have a look at that in just a moment. Before we get to repentance unto death, we're going to look at look next at... Um, at, at what turns, um, and what it is that actually leads us to repentance. Mm. So let's go to uh, Romans chapter two and verse four. What is it that actually motivates us in relationship to repentance? Romans two and verse four. Okay. Don't you see how judgment? Sorry, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? That's a very beautiful verse. It is. What is it that turns us from our sin? What is it that... Um, let me read it to you in uh, in the KJV because I kind of like the way it puts mm-hmm. it in, the, in my old KJV. I know, I'm old-fashioned, right? That's oh, all good. You can be as old-fashioned as you like, Lyle. I'll just LSV it as we go. Here we go. <laughs> 
Or do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance or patience and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Mm, so the goodness of God leads us. So how does that actually work then when it says the goodness of God leads us to repentance? What does that actually mean, the goodness of God leads us to repentance? What, what, what kind of goodness do we see that's going to motivate us to be sorry? Well, we're going to have to have a look at God's character mm-hmm. and his actions towards us, which I guess we would be looking at in the, well, for us, it's the Bible now. Back then, I guess yeah. it's the, uh, you know, the old scriptures they had and the fulfillment of promises towards us and, um, and, and definitely the fact that he takes, his, takes our place in terms of uh, punishment for sin. Yeah, and I think that on Peter's sermon on this particular day, that was probably be the, the, the one big thing that would yeah. be just standing out right at the center of that sermon in, in everybody's mind is this is what God has just done. Yeah, we deserve to die, but he sent his son to die instead. Died in our place, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, uh, um, <clears throat> and so as a result of that, we find that many people were giving their hearts to God Okay, so we talked about repentance to death. Mm, sounds a bit uh, extreme. Mm. Where could we find an example of repentance to death? The wrong kind of repentance. You got any ideas on that one, Mark? Oh, I mean, I think first you have to understand what repentance to death is before you can see an example of it, right? Well, I think I think a picture speaks a thousand words. So if we if we find an example, then that'll help us to understand repentance. I see. I'm thinking. I'm looking at the other way around. Yeah, it's true. Find the example, and then you've got the answer. Well, I don't. I don't. I could. I couldn't even think of an example because I don't know what it means. Ha! Go to First Samuel chapter. 15. So if you're listening at home, this is where you need to be turning to right now. 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we're going to look at an example of repentance to death. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so in this chapter we find that Samuel comes to Saul. Interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the story of the Malachite genocide. And to give a little bit of background to the story, um, this was a nation that had basically formed a culture that was entirely evil. It was the most evil culture possible to even imagine. So, for instance, just to give a little bit of taste, um, they had made uh, child abuse mm-hmm. a part of their religion. So this is uh, child sacrifices, this is uh, physical abuse, this is um, child sexual abuse, so so pedophilia was a religious requirement, all this kind of thing, and had been going on for hundreds of years, and God had been reaching out to this nation over and over and over and over again, and corporately as a nation, they had reached the point where they'd committed the unpardonable sin, and there was nothing that God could do for them. It was impossible for him to reach them, and they were poisoning the whole planet, and so God decided to cut them off like a bad disease. That's which is actually an act of love. Yeah, absolutely. An act of mercy. An act of mercy mm-hmm. to them because they were a nation that could never experience happiness mm-hmm. ever in any way, shape or form whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when we have, you know, when we have pets, for instance, mm. and when it comes to a pet, we're kind of a little bit similar to the, the relationship of God to us in relationship to our pets. Our pets, you know, if you've got a dog, he always looks at you as God. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, this person plays with me, this person plays a, throws a ball for me, this person feeds me, this person must be God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. that's, 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 that's just how a, a dog thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that dog reaches a point where it's in pain and it's suffering and it, and it, uh, um, uh, and, and it can't function anymore, 
Um, what do we do? We have to have them put down. That's right. Yeah. You know what a cat thinks? You know how a cat thinks? How does a cat think? A cat thinks, this person feeds me, this person looks after me, this person takes me places. I must be God. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Just had to put that in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's getting us distracted from what's taking place here. And so God says, all right, you need to wipe this nation out. This nation, corporately as a nation, needs to be destroyed. And so Saul uh, goes and does that. And um, and God said, "Okay, wipe wipe them out, wipe them, you know, completely out. Don't let anyone stay alive, um, including their animals, their cattle, everything. Just you know, this needs to be um, set up as an example to the rest of the world. And uh, you know, this is this is not, you know, just just you, mm-hmm. we, we you do not want to find yourself profiting from this kind of evil. Yeah, because if you profit from this kind of evil, then it gives excuse in the future for other kings who are like, oh, I reckon that nation over there is pretty evil, so I'm going to go and uh, go to war with them because they're actually after profit. Yeah, exactly. And God's like, no, this is not what it's about. So you go down there, you kill the people, you kill the animals as well. You don't bring any spoil back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so Saul goes down there and he kills the people and he brings the animals back and he brings the king back, the most powerful, of course, of all of these um, we could wait a second. That's not what God said to do. Mm. Oh, by the way, the king that he brought back yeah. was a man by the name of Agag. Agag. Now, we had in our quiz a few weeks back a question about Haman the Agagite. Oh, yeah. he was an Amalekite. That's why he had a tip on his shoulder against. Um, Jewish people. Oh, I see. And this is why the evilness continued because Saul didn't do as he was told to do. Okay, so God comes to Samuel and reveals all of this by um, reveals all of this to uh, to 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 um, to Samuel. Mm-hmm. And so Samuel goes to see Saul the next day, and of course, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, just a uh, a quick side note here. Our quiz has been answered. Ooh. Yeah. Congratulations okay. to Emily, Emily Dobson from Kitchener, who is a member of my church. Oh, g'day, Emily. Good on you. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Well done. Okay, so moving on with the story. We Are find you going to tell everyone what the answer to the quiz was? No. Because you don't know it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer to this quiz. Is Jezebel, just yes, in case you're wondering. Yes, indeed. The answer is Jezebel. Good yeah. on you, Emily, for getting that one right. We're going to send you the Swim Eastern album. Or Lyle can just give it to you at church tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe we'll find a different clue. Uh, sorry, not a different clue, a different prize. Well, you know why? Why? Because Emily gets to listen to Swim Eastern play every single Sabbath. That's true. So well, come and join us at, uh, at uh, Maitland Church and you can... Uh, enjoy that one as well. I think we'll dig something else out of yeah. the prize box. We'll go, see go what's ahead. in the prize box. Go ahead. There. Okay, anyway, we'll come back to that in just a moment. We're going to move on here. Samuel comes to Saul down in verse 13. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read it for us? Um, yep. 1 Samuel 15, verse 13. When Saul finally, sorry, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Had he? Nope. No. Uh, what does Samuel say? Then what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded. <laughs> That's kind of obvious. Isn't it? Like, where did all these, where did all uh-huh. these sheep and cows come from? And what does Saul say in verse 15? It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats and cattle, Samuel admitted. But they were going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Oh, oh, oh. So this is how it works. What you do. This is the way it works, right? Uh-huh. 
<laughs> this is shrewdness. This is loophole finding right here. Okay, so let's bring all of these animals back that have been condemned to death mm-hmm. because we're going to be very pious and have a sacrifice and sacrifice them all. So they're all still dead, right? Yeah. Saves us sacrificing our own animals, doesn't it? <laughs> you are still profiting from evil. That's right. And this is what God was trying to, to, to say here. You do not profit from evil. Therefore, just kill them all. That's right. Okay. Oh, and, and, and by the way, who does Saul say brought these animals? He says the army, which is weird because he would have given the command. Okay. So who's in, yeah, exactly. Who's in charge of the army? Yeah, he is. That's he right. is. And then he still lies because he says we have destroyed everything else, which is also not true because they brought back the king. Mm. Uh, anyway, so Samuel goes on in verse 16 and 17 to share a few home truths with Saul. And in verse 18, you know, the Lord sent you on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. Verse 19. You want to read that one for us? This is Samuel speaking. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Okay, so once you want to notice what has happened so far. Saul says, I've done everything God said. Mm-hmm. Samuel says, no, you haven't because I can see a lot of sheep and cows. Mm-hmm. Saul says, no, no, it wasn't me. It was the army. Mm-hmm. Samuel comes back and now and he's like, no, no, it was you. What does Saul say this time? This is incredible. This is what he says. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Oh, okay. Once again, oh, the people did that. But I brought back Agag. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about who Agag is. He is like the most powerful Amalekite there is, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, the most evil one because mm-hmm. he is the one who had the power to stop all yep. of that evil from happening. Yep. Okay, so yeah, I just I just spared the worst of the worst of the Amalekites. Yeah, but I did I did what God said. So here's our sequence. Samuel says, "You've sinned." Mm-hmm. Saul says, "No, no, no, it was the army." Mm-hmm. Samuel says, "You've sinned." Saul says, "No, no, no, it was the army." And you know, okay, maybe a gag, you know, just mm-hmm, a, a small mm-hmm. thing. Okay, all right, let's continue on because Saul has excused it again. Verse uh, 22 and 23. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Okay, what's the next words that come out of Saul's mouth? Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. Okay, whoa. Okay, so let's work our way through this sequence. Mm-hmm. Samuel says, Saul, you've sinned. Mm-hmm. Saul's like, yeah, nah, the army did it. Uh, Samuel says, Saul, you've sinned. Saul is like, uh, nah, the army did it. Uh, maybe just, you know, we just kept going, a gag. Samuel says, Saul, you've sinned. And because of that, God is taking away the kingdom. Saul says, oh, I've sinned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what kind of repentance is this? How repentant actually is Saul and why is he repenting? I don't think he's necessarily repentant. I think he's just scared of consequence. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose the kingdom, That's does he? right, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I've sinned, I've sinned, I've sinned. Oh, no, you know. It's like, I'll tell you what you want so I can get what I want kind of a thing. Is that is that sorrow? No, that's uh, conniving and <laughs> it's strategizing. It's actually, it's actually, it's actually rebellion. Yeah. It's a, it's a form of rebellion right there. 
Like, I'll be sorry now that, you know. But he's used the correct words, hasn't he? I have sinned. Mm -hmm, That he has. Yeah, so we're going to look at a contrasting story after this break of the next king of Israel who also sinned and did way worse things than Saul. Uh, But at this particular time, we're going to listen to Josh White, and he's going to bring to us, He is Able. He is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able when distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able to draw us into deeper life. He is able to cut away like a knife everything that keeps us from Him. Everything that keeps us from Him. That was Josh White with He Is Able here on Faith FM and we are back with our encounter with God. We were talking about Saul and how he repented, but it was repentance unto death. 
Mm-hmm. He used the words, I am sorry, and in his heart he was truly sorry, but for the wrong reason. He was sorry for the consequences, which kind of reminds me of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. Know, God comes to like, Adam, what did you do? Oh, the woman you made. Um, so he's like to Eve, oh, what did you do? Oh, the serpent you made. Who were they actually blaming? God, really. You shouldn't have made a serpent. You yeah. should have made a woman and I'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's go now to 2 Samuel chapter 12. So we were in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now we're going to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And let's review Saul's sin. Mm-hmm. What did Saul do wrong? So Saul was told to kill everything. Mm-hmm. And instead he saved the the king and he saved a bunch of um, the spoils and then bought that all back. Okay, so Saul's Saul's sin was saving life. Mm-hmm. Yep. When God had said, "Don't." Yep. All right. So now let's consider David's sin. Mm-hmm. What did David do with his big sin? Uh, is this when he got naughty mm-hmm. with Bathsheba and mm-hmm. then had her husband whacked? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. So he committed murder and adultery. Mm-hmm. So Saul's sin was to save life when God had said, don't. David's sin was just plain straight out murder and adultery. Mm-hmm. Taking life. Yeah, that's why I say this one is a, is a bigger sin than Saul's. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and he thinks he gets away with it. Mm. But then God reveals it to Nathan in exactly the same way that he had revealed it to Samuel. Mm. And so Nathan comes to see David and tells David a parable and you find it in chapter 12 there Um, the rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds and the poor man had nothing except for one little pet lamb which he had brought up and nourished and it grew up together with him and with his children and it ate his own food and it drank from his own cup and it slept in his arms and he was unto him as a and, and, and it was unto him as a daughter I have raised a lamb like that They are the most amazing, sweet little pets that you can imagine and they will follow you anywhere they go and they think that you are their mother and you go anywhere on the farm, there's a little lamb just standing behind you like... They're so cute. Oh, the sweetest (laughs) things. You have no idea. Okay, it goes on in verse 4. There came a traveller under the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress it or to to, to butcher it for the the travelling man that had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb... And butchered it for the man that came to him. And David, David's listening to this story. The Bible says, And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man that has done this thing, surely he shall die. Why do you think David was so emotionally um, impacted by this particular story? What was David's occupation? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This one really hit him in his heart. He's like, oh, ugh, yeah. You can just see him getting riled up. Yeah, he's <laughs> smoke coming out of his ears. Okay, um, and verse 7, what does Nathan say? Uh, Nathan says to David, you are that man. Okay, stop right there. Ooh. Stop right there. Uh, was, was Nathan being diplomatic and political here? No, he was being pretty frank. David's like, yeah, this man's really going to die and he's going to give this other man a hundred sheep to replace the one that he took. And Nathan just stands in front of him, gives him a cold, hard stare, points his finger at him and says, you're the man. Mm. Oh, that would hit you at the core, wouldn't it? Like, a, like an avalanche. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like um, you know, Samuel Samuel gave started with Saul reasonably softly, like, oh, what, what what's with all of these cows and sheep, you know? It's kind of soft. 
Nathan doesn't beat around the bush. Just comes straight out and says it. Okay. Um, David's reaction, verse 13. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Okay. So that's a quite different reaction. And if you really want yeah, to get... very different. Yeah, very different reaction. If you want to get the full reaction, you actually go over because what David does after this, because he comes under deep conviction, is he writes a psalm. He writes a song about this experience and he publishes it and he makes it public. That would have been hard. Mm. You know, you've committed murder and adultery as the king of Israel and you think you've got away with it and you think you've done it secretly and now it is completely exposed to the entire nation and you've got to eat humble pie. You you, you put yourself in these shoes here for a moment. Yeah. You've got to eat humble pie and uh, that's going to be hard enough and you go and make your sacrifice and God's like, well, actually, this was a known sin so you can't bring a sacrifice for it. But, you know, obviously accepts David's repentance. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and you know what? David just goes all out in his repentance. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to try and hide this anymore. I'm actually, and of course he was a songwriter. He writes a song about it. Psalms uh, chapter 51. And here's your homework, listeners. Your homework for today is to go and read Psalms 51. It is David's psalm of repentance. And I want you to notice the tone of David's repentance compared to the tone of Saul. You know, Saul was like, no, I've done the commandment of the Lord and I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other. Why is God complaining? You know, what? this is not fair. Whereas David says, you know, well, just, just, just start reading a few verses for us there, Mon. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Mm, verse 4. Read verse 4. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. Verse 6, 7. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, wow. Isn't mm. this, this is, this is just It's a very deep, different tone. Deep, yeah. heartfelt repentance. Mm-hmm. Go down to verse, oh, verse 11 and 12. Do the whole psalm is like, how yeah. do you miss out any of this? 11 and 12. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Mm. And of course, if we go down to uh, verse 16, for you desire not sacrifice, else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. He knows that God will not turn away from him if he truly, honestly repents. And that harkens straight back to what um, Samuel said to Saul. He said, the Lord doesn't want your sacrifices. He wants obedience. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, of course, there was no sacrifice that was available for a known sin. Mm. Sacrifice was there to illustrate how God deals with known sin and deals with all sin. But it wasn't there for a known sin because, you know, then people would just be able to abuse the system. And and Paul and, and David freely admits it right here. He's like, yeah, I know. There's no sacrifice that I can bring that is enough for the sin. The only sacrifice that I can bring here is a broken and a contrite spirit. And the only sacrifice that will ever pay the penalty for this is the death of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, and David actually was uh, one of the ones who actually understood the 
you know, the, the concept of a saviour, of a Messiah who would suffer and die. Mm. You know, there were uh, not a lot of passages about that in the Old Testament, but David certainly did understand it quite clearly. And you can see that when you read the book of Psalms. And so you've got two kinds of repentance, the repentance to death and repentance to life. And you've got two kings who react in two different ways. And the Bible describes David as being a man after God's own heart. And when you compare him with Saul and you look at the sins that Saul did compared to the sins that David did, Mm-hmm. David did some just terrible, terrible, horrific things. Mm. Uh, certainly Saul did as well. Uh, but Saul's sins led on a downward path till he eventually committed the unpardonable sin, whereas David repented and came back to God. We're going to have a song. This is now Melissa Otto with Rise Again. And we'll be back uh, with the question of the day. If you have a question, Do not us. boast over me, my enemy. For my father is the victor Your darkness only makes him brighter He'll make me more than a conqueror When I fall, I will rise again 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 Do not blow over me my enemy Disappointments push me deeper Into dependence on my father I hold on to him, my helper When I fall, I will rise again 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 Do not rejoice over me, my enemy Every trial makes me stronger Every failure makes me wiser As he refines me in the fire When I fall, I will rise again 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 Oh, 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 Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. 
We read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men he Let the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord said, Brother Jonah, go to Nineveh land But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command from the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty wind that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see Cleanse the leper spots and turn the water to wine The Lord's the same today and now forever will be there's no other power like the Savior Divine The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, He calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not what may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home Woo, I like that one. That's a new one for us. That's Vocal Union with He Will Lead Our Children Home. A new one for me too. I haven't heard that song before. Yeah, we've just bought it. I t- I- Shell, our producer, she's often testing out songs back there and sometimes I walk in and I'm like, oh, you got to get this one. And that was one of those. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> the first time we played it. All right. So uh, the quiz is done. So what's our... What's our question of the day. Question of the day. Yeah. The question of the day has come in and it is a very good question. How can I find a faithful church? Hmm. You can't. The yellow pages. It doesn't list, you know, which churches are faithful, which ones aren't in there. Nope. No. It, the white Who pages? uses the yellow pages these days? <laughs> I just scratch it in my head like, yeah, yellow pages. Oh, I remember the yellow pages. Google Maps. Can you, like, search on Google Maps, search nearest faithful church? Nope. Nope. You can't find a faithful church. Well, that's devastating. <laughs> okay. And the answer for that, of course, the reason for that, of course, is that all churches here on this earth are run by human beings. Mm. And if they are not run, well... Uh, as well as being run by human beings, they're also populated by human beings, and human beings are imperfect beings. That's true. Yourself included. Very true. As a listener, myself included. So the most imperfect part of my church is probably me. Mm-hmm. And so while ever I'm a part of that church, it will be an imperfect church. 
Okay, so the question then then comes up is this. How do you choose a church? Do, on what basis do you choose a church? Do you choose a church because it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling? Do you choose a church because it gives you good community? Do you choose a church because you like the worship style? Do you choose a church because... Um, they have air conditioning It's got um, free food, whatever it might be. And the answer to all of those questions is no, those are not valid ways to choose a church. Mm-hmm. There's only one valid way to choose a church, and that is based on truth. Mm-hmm. And if that church is imperfect when you arrive, surprise, surprise, because they all are, then your job is not there to just, oh, well, this church is imperfect, so I'm going to go and find another one. Um, your job is to live a consistent Christian life and do what you can to make that church a better church. Amen. You know, if you if you go to the book of First uh, Corinthians, for instance, First uh, Corinthians chapter one. Let me just uh, give you an example here, very quickly. First Corinthians chapter one, and we will read um, verse two, where the Bible says, "Unto the church of God at Corinth, whose church was this?" Uh, the Corinthian church? No, it says under the church of... Oh, church of God. This is God's church, yeah, right? God's church. Mm-hmm. And you go down to verse 10, you find that they're all divided. Mm-hmm. You go to chapter 3 and verse 3, you find that not only are they divided, Paul tells them, you're all unconverted. Whoa. So there's an entire church of unconverted people. You flick over to uh, chapter 5 and verse 1, it is reported commonly that there is form- fornication among you, and, and listen to this. And uh, such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Mm. This is incest. This is like perversion. Yeah. Go to uh, chapter 6 and you can go down to um, verse 6. Brother goes to law with brother. So this is a church where they're all unconverted. Um, there's um, sexual perversion. They're going to court with each other. You go on through the book of Corinthians. You find that there is false doctrine. Um, they're getting drunk having the communion service. They're teaching there's no resurrection from the dead. Does this sound like a messed up church to you? It's super messed up. A super messed up church. But this is the church of God, not because it is not messed up, but because this is where God has placed The truth. Mm -hmm. They may not be preaching it or practicing it, but that is where he has placed the truth and the message that has been given to them is the message of God. Anyway, we're going to move on now with uh, Anders Venson. Hear our Lord.
and fro, seeking peace, seeking comfort and hope in a restless Welcome back, everybody. That was Anders Svensson. And let me get this right this this time. Heal our land. Um, I think I read that correctly <laughs> this time. Okay, so as we come to the end of our show and we're about to give something away, we have uh, Janice on the line from East Gippsland. And uh, welcome to the show, Janice. Oh, good morning. Yeah, thank you very much. I do like uh, listening to your show. Thank you. No, praise but, God. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just um, listening to your statement about um, do we sell our soul to the devil? Mm-hmm. And I'm always of the understanding that only Adam sold his soul because he, he, he had that choice in the garden. And everyone born after Adam is born of the Adam nature. So we don't actually sell it like Satan has it. It's only when we when God calls us and we, and we, we come to Christ mm-hmm. is that we're, we're, we're changed. And that's why the, the pure grace and, and the blood of the blood of the lamb. Yeah, and I guess I guess what we're talking about when we uh, talk about, and you're very true. We are all born with Adam's sinful nature um, and Adam's natural uh, tendency towards sin. And so, yeah. thank you for thank yeah. you for highlighting that, Janice. Um, I guess what I'm talking about is, you know, you get this situation where uh, you know some people uh, will, will um, you know, they're, they're wanting fame or they're wanting wealth or whatever. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go and sell my soul to the devil so that I can. Well, it is. It is. It's a uh, yeah. It's a uh, it's an expression of our natural human nature uh, to do so, and so um, and, and as a result of that, you know, we're all born with that um, with that natural tendency to sin, which of course, you know, Christ has paid the the, the penalty for with his. Like with we his can't help yeah, we yeah. can't help be selfish because we're in that nature. Yes. Yeah, without without, without of course the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can change our nature so that we can become yes. more like Christ. Yes, yes, growing from glory to glory. Amen. Yeah, one step at a time. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's um, that's a conversion yeah, experience. Yeah. All right. But, mm. um, yeah. Thank you. I, and I like your music, so thank you. Ah, praise the Lord. Well, thank you so much for calling, Janice. We really appreciate it. 
We have a free giveaway now to give away. So oh, this actually, is, before I, before yes, I say that, Janice was listening to our delayed broadcast. She, she was. She was yeah. listening to your social today. <laughs> but not to, not and to and so if you want to listen to the to today's broadcast, then just jump on uh, faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app and you get the live show, which is uh, which is much better. A little bit more up to date. Yep. But we have a giveaway to give away now, Lyle, and I'm very excited about this one. Uh, it's Gary Kent's I Want More. Um, back of the book says, if you want more wisdom and direction in life, something deep inside that's telling us, you know, we, we long to know God more in the essence of the Bible and Christianity, this is a definitely a good book to call us now for. Fantastic. So the number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And in this book, you'll discover how you can know God intimately and li- live a life of purpose. Mm. I put that up on our social medias if you would take a, like to take a look at it. Okay. Or you can text us through on 0491 or if you're particularly fast, you could get to us on uh, social media. But it's a little bit harder for us to uh, to check that as instantly as we can the phone number and phone call, and uh, this and your request needs to come through today. So make sure that you get it in today, and we'll be able to get that prize out for you. Okay, so we have, um, of course, as usual, as always, we want to encourage you to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if you are would like some help in studying the Bible, maybe you're new to it, maybe it's something that is like, well, where do I start? then we can help you with that. We have connections right across Australia. We can find people who can study with you one-on-one or we can find small groups that are operating in your area. You can join a small group and take part in the discussion and ask questions backwards and forwards and just have a great time together. Correspondence, um, online, however you would like to do it, let us know. Uh, We're going to have some great programming starting right now.
Be confident of this very thing That here child begun a good work in you Will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ Be confident, confident